Yeah, welcome in to another edition and the last edition of More Outdoors for the year 2019. We'll start off a whole brand new year next Saturday morning. Glad you tuned us in. Uh, well, it's kind of a dreary-looking start to the morning. Well, we've got some unusually warm temperatures, too. Everybody's hoping for some cooler, colder weather for the duck and the deer hunting. But unfortunately, we don't have it yet, but it's on the way, I'm told. But first, we're going to have a little bit of rain. And we've got some breezy winds along the coast, but on the interior, not near so bad. Uh, lots of things to choose from. We've got a lot of seasons open. We've got the duck season is in full swing. All the small game uh, deer hunting is open. The fishing for redfish and speckled trout in the marshes is not bad if you can get some access to it. And also the freshwater fishing is starting to pick up, too. We're getting into that time of the year where the white perch really get active as the water temperatures hopefully will start to drop as they should this time of the year. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you next hour. Josh Goins is going to join us. Uh, if you're not familiar with Josh, he is the founder of an organization called the Flyway Federation. Uh, some people who think alike that we are having some problems, and uh, it's obvious there are problems with the waterfowl migration. Uh, the the argument or the controversy over it is what is causing that, and there's a lot of reasons that are being thrown out there, some of which can be addressed, some of which are not. It might be weather-related, uh, development-related, coastal loss-related. There's a lot of things to discuss, and we're going to talk about that. We'd love for you to participate. Our phone lines will be open this hour and next hour at 504-260-6368. We also have an instant text board that comes right in here to the studio. Just shoot us a text to 870-870. I know a lot of you want to send your photos of your fish and game, but we cannot take photos on it, only the text. So send it to us. Tell us who you are, where you are, and what you got going on. That's at 870-870. We're going to take you out to some duck blinds a little bit later on and find out how the duck hunters are doing this morning. But before we do that, let me introduce Grady Galliano, who is the manager for HuntTheIsland.com, a a facility down in St. Charles Parish, uh, down south of, well, actually a little bit north of Highway 90 in the Desalmonds area. And Grady is the manager there, and uh, he's got a dream job, kind of like mine. Hey, Grady, good morning. Morning, Don. How you doing? Hey, we're doing good. We're doing good. What y'all got going on this morning down at the island? Uh, we're doing a little duck hunting this morning in the slough. We had an early flight of teal and some wood ducks. It uh, kind of slowed up, but we're waiting for the next flight to come in. Yeah, that wood duck hunting uh, was fun, but, boy, it just doesn't last long. you got to get it quick because those birds quit flying pretty early in the morning. Yeah, you're right about that. Grady, before we start talking about the the, the, uh, the new upland bird hunting that you're putting in down at the island, if you would, for people that have never been there, never seen it, never heard about it, take us kind of on the tour. Tell us about the, the, the grounds, the habitat, the acreage, and, and the lodging facilities and what else do you have going on down there besides the upland bird hunting? We have uh, 3,100 acres of uh, of property. We have a 5,200-square-foot uh, lodge. Uh, we do uh, alligator hunts. We do uh, high-fence uh, uh, game hunts. We do uh, the field uh, hunts and the uh, pheasant towers. Uh, you know, you, you, you want to hunt, we got it over here. But uh, it's a beautiful... Too. Yeah, and duck hunts, and duck hunts. Uh, but uh, it's a beautiful place. I mean, uh, anybody, everybody comes over here, uh, really loves the place, and it's more than just hunting, and it's, it's, just, it's an experience. If you would describe the, the habitat, you really got some unique habitat there in, in, in 
on the island. You know, as far as, uh, you know, kind of butts up against Lake Salvador and you got some swamp, you got some marsh, you even got some bottom land in there. Yeah, we have some uh, some uh, live oak ridges in here, and then uh, it drops off into uh, some cypress ridges with some cypress swamps and, you know, some willow breaks and stuff in there. And, you know, it's a very diverse piece of property for only being 3,100 acres. You know, it's a very beautiful place. And your lodge is, is, I don't know, the only word I can come up with is exquisite. We have done some, some television shows there, and everyone says the same thing when they see the, the interviews that are shot there. It's just a gorgeous place, and it's almost got a feel to it, you know, kind of like this historic feel. Tell us about the history of the lodge and, and the place down there. Well, the history of the place is that uh, when Louisiana land owned the property, their uh, corporate headquarters, their retreat uh, to get away was this place. Um, of all the pla- property owned, this was their place to get away to to do their hunting. So they brought in how, uh, a shotgun-style house, and they just expanded it from there. And the cypress that's all inside the lodge comes from the property. So it's very unique, uh, you know, to have something built on your property with the, the timber that comes from your property. Now, most of the people that, that come there, are they locals, Louisiana? Do you have them from out of state, or is it kind of 50-50? We have, uh, it's probably 50-50. We've got a lot of people that come from California and a lot of people from Houston. They come out here. Uh, you know, they really enjoy it. You know, the, uh, we're so close to New Orleans that if they want to get away and, and, and go see New Orleans, we're only, you know, a uh, half hour away from New Orleans, 20 minutes from the airport. So, you know, when they come in, uh, they fly in, we can go pick them up and bring them back to the airport and stuff. But it's very unique, our location, uh, you know, close to New Orleans. And you can go, like I said, you go to New Orleans and you can come in 20 minutes and, and have a hunt. Yeah, you're really in the service business. You know, today, uh, so many people either don't get started or they'll give up hunting uh, because they don't have a lease, they don't have a, a surface drive engine that it takes, they don't have the blind, they don't have decoys, but yet they, they might want to give it a try and enjoy it as a family. Uh, same thing with deer hunting. If they don't have enough property, it takes a lot of work, as you well know, to manage a deer herd and, and keep the habitat up and, and, and tend to feeders and cameras and all the things that goes into it. It's practically a full-time job. But all of that is, is taken away. You know, all they do is come there and enjoy themselves when they come down there. Yeah, that's all you have to do is just show up and, uh, you know, we'll take you on the uh, hunting experience of your lifetime. Uh, you just got to bring your, your hunting, uh, you know, your shotgun or your rifle of your choice, and that's it. We could provide the rest. As far as uh, the duck hunts, uh, describe a typical duck hunt. How does it go? Well, we could, uh, we have uh, various places to hunt. We can hunt the slough, uh, which is uh, in the middle of uh, two uh, cypress ridges uh, with some willow breaks in it. Uh, you know, you, you, we leave the lodge in a Polaris. And uh, we'll drive up to uh, the little blind. You can saw walking, and then uh, we have crawfish ponds that we hunt out of, uh, and, and and the marsh. Uh, we take boats when we're in the marsh. When the ducks are in the marsh, we'll, we'll take a, a surface drive out there, and then it's all floating blinds that uh, you know fit five people in it, and uh, we drop you off and come pick you up later. And it's all with uh, professional guides with uh, professionally trained dogs. And you know, it wouldn't be fair to talk about the island unless we talk about the food okay <laughs> your, your chef 
Johnny down there just does an outstanding job. Tell us what kind of meals are in store for people that might come down there, whether they just want to come for lunch or they spend in a few days. You know, they don't have to leave. Everything is right there. Yeah, John is a is, is very uh, great cook. Uh, he, he was in the restaurant business. He owned his own restaurant. And, uh, he got out of that. and We just saw him to pick him up at the right place at the right time. And he's uh, we kind of tend to uh, – you know, set out menu to a Cajun style uh, menu to where you have all those old Cajun menus from back when I was young. young and my grandmother would cook uh, that type of food. But it's, uh, you know, gumbos, etouffees, sauce pecans, stuff like that. Uh, you know, we, like I said, you asked earlier about people coming from California, people coming from California and uh, Houston, you know, they, they want that Cajun food, they want that Cajun cuisine. So we try to provide that to them. Uh, did that duck just hit the water, I heard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good shot, whoever that was. Grady, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the upland bird hunting that you all have instituted down there. We're talking with Grady Galliano, manager of Hunt the Island. You can check it all out at huntheisland.com. If you got a question or a comment, 504-260-6368. Or shoot us a text at 870-870. I'm Don Dubuque. Good morning with more outdoors on WWL 105.3 FM HD2. And on the line with us is Grady Galliano, manager at Hunt the Island, huntheisland.com. He's in the slough right now in the middle of a duck hunt. Well, kind of maybe getting ready to wrap it up. Wood ducks fly early, but we asked him to come on and talk about a, a new venture that they've instituted there at the island to uh, allow people the opportunity to come out and do some upland bird hunting. Grady, tell us about the upland bird hunting operation you guys have put in. Yeah, we have a, a pheasant tower. And we could do the European uh, pheasant shoot. Uh, you could do from 10 to 20 people. Uh, usually, you know, when you book a hunt, you usually release 12 birds per person. So depending on how many people you have, depends on how many birds are released. Plus, we uh, we set up another field this year to do our field hunts, which is good for a small group from three to five people. Uh, we put out uh, chuckers, quails, and pheasants with uh, our uh, pointers and then uh, with a professionally trained guide. And you'll go out, and uh, the dogs will, will get on point, and then we have some retrievers to flush them. And, you you know, just a regular, like a field hunt you'd be doing in South Dakota or North Dakota. Now, let's go back to the tower hunt and, and kind of design it, because people hear that, and they, they don't really realize what that is when you say you release 12 birds per hunter. Uh, they think that, you know, all these birds are just getting dumped on the ground. Everybody goes out to find them. This is a well-organized, coordinated hunt, and it stems back, I think, the research I did shows that it goes all the way back to Spain is where I think it first started out. Describe how it sets up. Yes, we have a, a 12 by 12. It's like a big deer stand uh, tower. It sits about 40 feet above the ground. We put all the birds in, in some cages in there uh, before the hunt starts. Once the hunt starts, my guides that are in the uh, tower starts releasing birds one at a time and just throwing them up, and they take off and they fly, depending you know, some, they don't fly all the same direction. Sometimes they'll fly the same direction. It is just a luck of the draw, uh, you know, uh, which way they're going to fly. So uh, what we do is, depending on how they're shooting, uh, we release one at a time. If they see that they're shooting real well, we'll start releasing doubles and triples at the same time to where the action gets a little hot and uh, you have a little bit more fun. And, you know, uh, people really enjoy uh, that tower shoot. 
And there are different stations that, you know, do you set up, is it one person per station or two or how many yes, persons per there's, station? There's 10, there's, there's, there's 10 round bills, well, uh, stations around uh, the tower, which is uh, about 100 yards from, from the tower because i got to protect my guys that are in the tower from, from uh, uh, shotgun blast. So um, you have one, depending on how many guys you have, you have one person per station. If you have more, you could double up, so forth, so on. Um, and then, you, like I said, you release the birds, and then you just wait for them to come your direction and, you know, get a, ch- a chance to shoot at them. Now, if the wind is blowing in a certain direction and the birds pick a, spur- a spot, uh, you shouldn't get frustrated because you rotate, and every so yes, many yes. you move from station to station, so you're not staying at the same spot and not getting in on the action. No, no, no. That's why we rotate. It's for everybody to get in the action. You know, um Everybody get a chance to shoot some birds and, and, uh, and go home with some pheasants. Now, a lot of Louisiana people are not familiar with, with pheasant hunting. What do you recommend they bring in terms of shot? Uh, for, for, the, for the pheasant tower, we require two and three-quarter shot because three-inch, uh, it, really it really gets dangerous uh, in our uh, pheasant tower. So two and three-quarter, some number six shot because it's a big bird and it flies pretty fast. It's almost like a duck. You know, um, people people really can't adjust to it because it looks like they're flying slow, but they're really flying fast. So I would use two and three quarter and some number six. Yep. If someone wants to uh, catch a video of that, go back to our BayouWildTV.com website and check the past episodes, and you'll find that European Tower Hunt. We had an awful lot of fun there with Martha Spencer and Laney Wick and the whole gang that was there. Okay, so that's the the tower hunt. Now, when you are hunting the the, the ground birds, uh, it's quail, chucker, and pheasant. Do you mix them? Can somebody request? I only want to hunt quail, or they just want to hunt chucker. Or do you, do you actually mix the two and and just make a, a general upland bird hunt? On our, on our standard hunt, it's mixed. But if you request just pheasants, just chuckers, or just quails, we could do that also. It's, you know, we, we we try to tailor it to the hunter. Whatever he wants to experience, we, we'll tailor to it. And explain the chucker. You know, a lot of people hear that, and they're not sure what you're talking about because it's not a bird that's native to North America. But, boy, they make a great game bird. A chucker is like a partridge. I think it's part of the partridge family. It's uh, it's probably three times the size of a quail, uh, smaller than a, a pheasant, but they fly like an F-16. You know, they just when they when they get out the grass, they just shoot out the grass and they fly. I I I, I think it's you know they fly faster than a T or really tell you the truth. Yeah, well, you know that partridge family. We're not talking about the singers either. We're talking about some uh, no, burners that get up and get away from you. Yeah, you're correct. All right, you're so correct. so um, what would somebody need to bring if they're coming out there to hunt upland birds? As far as footwear, shotgun load, type of gun. Uh, you could hunt with, uh, you know, 20 gauge, 12 gauge, uh, you know, some, some knee boots in case we had some rain before, but it's, the fields are usually dry. Uh, you know, ankle boots would be sufficient enough, uh, just in case it's a little muddy from, you know, right now with all the rain we've been getting, it's, it's a little muddy, but the fields, uh, not holding any water. Um, bring an orange vest because, you know, you, 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 you with a couple of people and you want to make sure everybody stays safe. You know, um, that's about it. You know, she's shotgun and, and uh, an orange vest, and you're ready to go. 
Now, uh, tell me about the dogs. Uh, you hunt with both pointers and retrievers. Yes, we have uh, we have some Llewellyn setters that is all pointing dogs, and then we have uh, the retrievers, which is the retrieving dogs. The, uh, the Llewellyn setters uh, point on the uh, on the covey of birds or a bird, and then the retriever will go in and flush it out, and then uh, as you shoot and you knock them down, the retriever will go and retrieve it. Very good. Now, uh, how long does the season last on, on upland birds? When's the latest they it, can book a hunt? It's open now, it, but when? Yeah. When's it shut down? It opens. It opens in October and ends in April. That's the season for uh, our uh, hunting preserve. As long as it doesn't get too hot. Feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. When, when it gets hot, you gotta try not to do it when it gets real hot because it, dogs really get worked up, and you don't want to uh, see a dog get hurt. Right. What about cleaning the birds as far as the ducks, the pheasants, and the quail and the chucker, all of those? That's all part of the package when you when you book with us. You know, we'll clean your birds and you'll go home with some with some clean birds. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you book the hunt, you get the, the hunt, the birds, and then it's all clean by the time you leave. All right, I got somebody texting. They want to get some pricing. Uh, how do you price them out, the quail, chucker, and pheasant? Uh go to uh huntdeisland.com our pricing is there now if you want to do uh different pricing uh on, on, like if you just want to do chuckers then just give me a call and then we'll work you up a price depending on how many birds you want to get all right and give us a telephone number you can call my cell phone my number is 985-637-9177 and on the website huntdeisland.com a lot of information that they can find out all about it Yes, sir. And and before you go, um, I had somebody else earlier wanted to know when we mentioned about the uh, the, the white-tailed deer. What, what typically do you offer in terms of the type of deer that people can come out there and hunt? Because a lot of people don't have leases. They don't want to deal with management areas because access and no four-wheelers and, you know, no permanent stands and all that kind of stuff. So you do all of that. What what uh, what do you offer in terms of the, the animals? We have we have anywhere from 135 inch deer to 300 inch deer. Uh, typically, they all typical, but we do have some non typicals in the pen, and plus we also have exotics in the pen. We have axis, Adad uh, rams, fallows, and we do have some black Hawaiian rams. And the pricing is all on the website, pretty much laid yes, out. Yes, it's all on the website. Very good. Huntheisland.com. Well, Grady, thanks for taking the time and sharing with us. I tell you what, I've been there several times, and it seems like I can't wait to come back again. you got a beautiful place, wonderful place, friendly people, a staff that basically does anything anybody needs or asks if they got special concerns. You guys are doing it right there, and wish you a continued success on into 2020. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. And one last thing, go Tigers. <laughs> yeah, you and Cocho. Thanks again. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Grady. Tell uh, Mike and Bo same thing. Sure will. Thanks, Don. All righty. There he goes, Grady Galliano, the manager at HuntTheIsland.com. You got to see this place. It's very unique. You'd never believe that something like that is tucked away on an island in the swamp of Louisiana. All right. When we come back after this, we're going to take you out to some duck blinds. Let's get an update on how it's going. Uh, I wouldn't expect. Uh, a whole lot. Some people have been fortunate and they got a few birds, but uh, this weather is not conducive to getting birds uh, down here. Well, you know, we need some heavy cold fronts, and 
Get them away from those places they love to stay up north. We'll be right back with that right after this. You'll listen to more outdoors Saturday mornings, 7 to 9, right here on WWL 105.3 FM HD2. And let's take you out to some of the duck blinds across uh, coastal Louisiana. Let's talk to Captain. Well, I don't know if he's a captain. He might be a lieutenant or a sergeant. Mike Smith, he's out there in the marsh this morning. Mike, what's going on? Very slow this morning, Don. Very slow. We got three green wing teal. Uh, my brother has a, uh, two people from South Carolina. That, oh, get him, get him, get him. You always bring the birds. <laughs> never fails. Every time you call, the birds come. <laughs> it just seems like it, huh? What, was that teal? All right, never mind. They saw us before we saw them. <laughs> oh, but, uh, that happens. That happens. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, come back. Get, get ready, Roger. Get ready. Get ready. Get him. Get him. I hope we have the delay on in case we need it. <laughs> Here we go. We come through again. You did it again. Every time. Yeah, it never, never fails. Fail. We have a, a real good dog going to get him right now. I don't, I don't have to get out in that pee rug. <laughs> right, give us a replay. What what happened there? They they came, they left, and they decided to yeah, come three, back. What happened? Three three green wing teal passed us up. Kept on going. I called them back, and one of them broke off from the flock and came right into the decoy. The other ones were too smart enough. <laughs> they, they knew better. <laughs> it looked like a drake or a hen. It's a drake, beautiful drake. We got three drakes in the hand right now, and uh, yeah. but Thursday was fantastic. I had two blinds out, uh, eighteen birds for blind, thirty-six uh, birds. I had thirty-two green wing teal, uh, two spoonbill, a scarf, and a golden eye. A golden eye. Hmm, that's a, a golden rare. eye. That's the second one we killed this year. Hmm. But um, Yesterday it was slow too, but uh, like I said, my brother has two people from South Carolina about 300 yards from us. They've been shooting all morning, so they uh, they in the flyway this morning. Where are the gray ducks? Way outside. My brother did real well in the gray ducks during the beginning of the week. We're going to. Mm-hmm. Go, I'll tell you exactly where where they are. Where we did that TV show. <laughs> oh yeah, they're back in there, huh? They back that that 10 mile boat ride. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're hunting closer to Carnarvon? Uh, Lake Larry. Yeah. Lake Larry. South side of Lake okay. Larry, yeah. It's where I hunted opening weekend. Did real well. And I haven't hunted here in a while. Came in yesterday evening. They tea all over the place. But evidently they're going to my other blind instead of coming to me. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I've been getting a lot of reports of a green-winged teal showing up. That's become the, the dominant bird, I think, in what, what most people are seeing right now. You know, we never used to get a whole lot of green wings on the eastern part of the state, and for some reason they know. seem to be heading over there now. Yeah, yeah which is okay with me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, most of your gray ducks, you know, your gadwall, they're, they're farther out now, getting away from the pressure. So, so what's in got, store for the rest of this split? We got to keep moving around. What's good yeah, one day move. isn't going to be worth a damn tomorrow. Yeah. But so we'll see how it goes tomorrow. We're going to hunt a different area. Probably go to that spot where we found that show a couple of weeks ago. 
And, yeah, um, well, that was a get, oh yeah. Yeah, I love that well. setup, you know, you know, with that, those high canes behind you like that, man. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when I was picking up the decoys, I couldn't even see the blinds <laughs> when I was looking toward yeah. y'all. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, we're getting ready to uh, to to make uh, another season and date set for the next five years. They do it five years at a time now, and you know, you got a few options as to whether you how many zones you want. How many splits you want? What what was your what would be your preference if you could get your choice of, of how you'd want the season set up? Probably a three split season. I think we had one long time ago when we had the point system, didn't we? I don't quite we remember. Did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We had three splits, which gives them, you know, it gives you three opening days, and you've seen it, you know, right when the second split opened, you get this little bunch, and then you know it kind of oh, slacks yeah. off as you go, and then, like you know you the, let them, yeah. I like to see the uh, regular season open even earlier than what it did this year. Maybe make the regular season the weekend the youth season open and push the uh, youth season up a week because they had a lot of birds in early November. Yeah, you know? we might have even. Sometimes you lose them. You know, they're there, and then you get a front comes through, and they pick That's up and, and head out. Yep, that exactly it, exactly. Yep. What about zones? Would it make much difference to you if you had two zones or three zones or one zone? Uh, not really, I don't think. Maybe two zones like it used to be, east and west, or north yeah. and south. Or north know? and south, know, yeah. Probably north yeah, and no, south. North and south, because North Louisiana prefers a later season. Yeah, you they know. could have a later date, and, you know, they, they uh, it's it's different types of terrain. You know, all across the oh, south, yeah. you know, we're hunting marsh. It's pretty similar. you got a little rice field stuff over in the west that's a change, but... Uh, right. For the most part, you know, you're hunting different types of terrain in north and south Louisiana. Yeah, well, right. you know, a lot of people want even a later season, but you you, you kind no, of not here. Uh, limited. <laughs> no, no, because then you can't get access when those tides get real low. You know, you can't get exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like to see it the, the, the first Saturday in November. It's like, you know, when the youth season was this year, whatever that was, the first or the second, or I don't remember. I think it was November. Yeah, second. It was the first. Yeah, it was the first weekend in November. Yeah. Yep. And then maybe give it a little bit of a longer split in between. You know, uh, that that, yeah. that east zone only had five days in between the, uh, that, the splits. They may as well you know? just keep it open if you want <laughs> five days. <laughs> in. Especially during the weekday, Monday through Friday, hardly anyone Sunday anyway. So you know. Yeah. Well, but so uh, where, where's uh, Elliot hunting? Where's he hunting? Uh, I, I don't know. He's not guiding for me. Uh, me, uh, my brother Glenn, and uh, other brother Mitch, and uh, got a friend of mine, Mike Herman. Uh, you probably met him already, and uh, another guy, uh, Britt Ardez. Got they, they got a few birds already. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, we're scratching a few. It's real, real slow. You see very, very few birds right now. Every now and then, a well, single maybe... or a pair of buzzes. Well, maybe we'll have to hang up and call you back, huh? Bring some more, bring another birdie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The the, the man I have from Florida said that'd be a good idea. (laughs) We'll we'll get the dog to work out. (laughs) There you go. All right, Mike. Good talking to you. Have a happy new year, my friend. Good luck to y'all. Hope y'all mine out, grind out a few more birds this morning. Yeah, we'll we'll get a few more. Um, We we got a lot of snacks. We got a lot of snacks. There you go. If we, if we run out of snacks, we'll eat the dog food, you know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Having fun. All right, 
right, Doug. That's what it's all about. That's it. Having, having fun in the marsh. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate your all report. Right. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back and see if we can find some more hunters. We're going to look around through the marsh grass. They're hard to find because they're wearing all that camouflage, and it's not easy to find them. You'll listen to more outdoors, WWL 105.3 FM HD 2, and you might want to go to radio.com. If you're listening on the HD and you're losing us, you can pick that up anywhere in the country and then just live stream the WWL 105.3 FM HD 2 station. We're back with more right after this. All right, here's the situation. Uh, We are just a couple of ways away from a brand-new year and a brand-new decade. 2020 will be upon us, and we say goodbye to 2019. And that crosses uh, both years and decades is the duck hunting season, and we're taking you out to some of the duck blinds. Let's go talk to Blake Swallow. He's at Full Strap and Stringer, and they're out there hunting them ducks. What's going on, Blake? Morning, Don. It's a kind of a gloomy, wet day up here in Central Louisiana, but uh, we're having a fine morning so far. Well, that's great. Tell me about it. Well, the last few days have been kind of slow. We've had just hot weather, and we hadn't had many birds. We've, I mean, we've we've killed a few birds every day. Some people kill limits. You just don't get many opportunities. But something happened last night, and our farm is full of ducks today, and uh, we, we got quite a few birds, killing some teal. And killing some divers, we shot some geese, so uh, we're seeing lots of birds today. Not, not many mallards and pintail, but uh, more birds than I've seen in the last five or six days. Yeah, it seems like everybody's got a real shot in the arm with those green winged teal. They all of a sudden came out of nowhere, and there are plenty of them all over the place. Yeah, I've got a, a group of guys here from Galliano, Garyville, and uh, they said it's been pretty lean where they've been hunting this year, and they came up and made a hunt with us this morning, and. Uh, We've done very well. We're not far from the four-man limit right now this morning. Well, they did probably make a really good decision because it has been a little slow down here and uh, a lot of reasons why, you know, can't attribute it to, you know, specific causes. There's a variety of things happening and uh, just an absence of birds in those areas that traditionally have held them. I think probably the biggest shock to me is that rice field country around Gaydon, Abbeville, those Kaplan, those areas there that was traditional for so many years, held so many birds. I mean, there's virtually nothing in there. It's like wasteland. I don't get it. Yeah, so you're correct. I've talked to quite a few fellows that hunt there and some outfitters in that area this week, and it's pitiful, Don. It's just uh, it's really been bad the last few days. Uh, you killed some geese at speckle bellies or snows? Oh, we killed some whites this morning. Uh, we killed quite a few specks yesterday, and we set up for them in a field. You've hunted with us before here. We set up for them kind of similar to what we did that day. And uh, we killed a, we actually killed a five-man limit of specks and about 18 ducks out of that spread. So that was – we should have seen a little bit of improvement yesterday, and we came today, and not as many geese, but a lot more ducks. Well, I, I got to tell you, Blake, I think y'all probably doing as well as anybody we've been talking to. I mean, down there near the mouth of the river, they had a little – shot in the arm this week and they've been killing some limits there but so many places they're just trying to scratch out and grind out a few here or there and i tell you a lot of people are parking the boats and picking up the decoys and taking up deer hunting that's a shame yes sir, it is and, and don't don't get me wrong we've had some rough days but i think uh i think one of the things that helps us we have three different farms and then and then we have a couple different lakes so we can move around we're not pretty much stuck to the same area every day and so uh, that's really helped us out a lot. But don't get me uh, – make sure you, everybody understands this is one of the one of the weakest years as far as migrations that we've seen in a long time. And the thing is, our habitat is perfect. Our water is low on our lakes. 
we have feed in our fields. But uh, the migration on the puddle duck, especially the mallards, pintail, and, and grays, has been very disappointing. Yeah, well, you can have the de- the table set, but if the dinner guests don't show up and don't know it's there and don't see it, it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, yeah. Behind. Us. Hey. yeah Don, you're right. Uh, right here, guys, on the back side, you know, killing ducks. Kill them, kill them ducks, kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. Well done. Uh, <laughs> that's two more, te- two uh, more teal to the strap. So, yeah, it's been a good morning yep. so far. Yep. When I heard in the back, I knew what that meant. Something hit the water. That's, that's great. Good deal. We love to get that live action. That's great. Well, Don, if you uh, like I said, you know you have an open invitation. If you can make it, y'all come see us. We will do our best to get there before the season wraps up because uh, – We'd love to come up there and maybe do a little bit of that white perch fishing, too, with you guys while we're up there. It'd be great. Good. Well, y'all have a happy new year, Don, and thanks for your call. Well, before you go, full strap and stringer, tell people how to get a hold of you because I think we got some people that want to put some ducks on the table and they can't get them on their place, so maybe they'll come up there and visit with you. Tell them how to reach you. You can get in touch with us either on Facebook or call us at 318-730-8809. Or you can go to fullstrappingstringer.com. Very good. good. Have a good one. Happy New Year, and thanks for the reports, Blake. Hope to see you soon. Thank you, Don. Happy New Year. All right, there he goes, Blake Swallow, full strap and stringer. They ain't going to have a full strap. I got a feeling. They're on a way to do it. They had a, a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Some birds popped in on them, although it's been a little bit slow there, too. Been slow a lot of places, and... Uh, coming up at the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to discuss it in, in detail about an altered migration. Uh, why are we not seeing the birds that we did see here in Louisiana? A lot of reasons. Love to hear from you. Uh, our telephone lines are going to be open for you to call at 504-260-6368. That's 504-260-6368. Or if you prefer, you can shoot us a text at 87870 and uh, let us know what you think. What is the problem with Louisiana and some of the other states? Why are we no longer seeing the birds that we used to? Uh, why are, is the migration, has it been altered? Is it weather-related? Is it habitat loss-related? What do you think is the, the, the reasons? And more importantly, what do you think might be the solutions? Uh, the future for Louisiana duck hunting is is not very bright, and, and, and that is a shame. And Hopefully we can turn that around. All right, I believe we have Corey Dufresh checking in with us, too. Corey, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Mr. Don. We are... Hey, how's it going over there? Good. Can you hear me? I hear you fine. Yeah, we uh, we actually seen a few birds. It's more than I expected uh, to see today. But I've got one gray duck in the blind, and we have one about 150 yards over there in the grass. We'll get on the way out. And my other blinds, they, they're killing. Yeah, it's it's slow. It's been slow to, you know, we one blind's been killing decent, and the other blinds, you know, you get four or five. So been that way to the whole second split here. Mm-hmm. Now, Corey, how many years have you been managing that lease day on the North Shore? Uh, this is my ninth year to seventh year managing it. All right. So you've been there a while. How would you compare the habitat? In other words, water level, 
feed conditions, uh, the things that, that, that <clears throat> can change from year to year. Well, how would you rate it this year as years pass? No, it, Not the number better, of birds. Actually. I'm talking about no, the, the, the habitat. Yeah, the yeah. habitat is better other than the water. The water's higher just because of all the, the you know, shutting down the Mr. Go and all that. My water table is probably a foot higher than what it used to be. But it's been the water's been right here the last two weeks. Uh, the the feed I have feed everywhere. It's the feed's unbelievable. Just a lack of birds. And what what's what what is the the main food source that you've got there for waterfowl? Is it widgeon grass? Is that what you got in your ponds? Yeah, some widgeon, a lot of coontail. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. ponds have widgeon grass, and then a couple of ponds, the ones we where we really did good the first put had the. Uh, it was a big type of lily. Just one or two ponds had those, and and they pretty much ate all the. They, they've ate it all out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that that's the puzzling thing. You know, years where we've got good conditions down here, and you know, we're still not getting the birds. You know, because a lot of times, if the conditions locally are bad, you get a front. Birds come in, they can't find enough food. They're moving on. They're gone. But that doesn't seem to be the problem anymore. No, and, and for me, the fronts, when, when, I, when we get a good north northwester, it blows the water out, but all the ducks leave with it. So when they when it, when it changes is when my birds come back. They go sit on Lake Bourne or Lake Catherine or even down to Venice. They'll come back with a southeast, but the water comes back with it. So you're, you're constantly fighting the water now. Mm-hmm. And you're probably seeing more divers than you have in the last few years, too. Yeah, uh, pretty much. It's you know, gray ducks have disappeared. That's that's we've got one today. We got a couple in other blinds, but where we was killing all the grays, now you know we 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 don't have those. But eight miles away, just right below me on on that property in the shelf, they're loaded up with gray ducks. Yeah. You know, Corey, you grew up hunting in the Manshack area, Morapai area, and we hear nothing from that area anymore. Is is the Salvinia just kill that area for good? I don't hear any reports coming out of the management area, any of the private leases, nothing over there. What's happened over there? Yeah, the the, the management area, you know, where where we where you hunted with me, it's now you can't run a motor in there, so a lot of people don't go in there. But they still kill some ducks, and then that private place that we had next door, you know, right right there by the Galva Canal, they, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up on there, and they, yesterday the governor hunted there, and they killed some teal, but only in one spot. Uh, the rest of that whole property, it's, you know, it's not like it, it's, it's like this place in Slidell. The ducks have just, you know, moved on. I mean, we'll kill ducks over in Manshack, you know, five times out of the whole season now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be so consistent too, you know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely changed. Yep. Well, Corey, uh, thanks for chatting with us. Appreciate it, and uh, hope y'all can uh, get a few more ducks before the day ends, and you'll have a happy new year, and we'll catch up with you next time. Yes, sir. Happy new year to you and listeners. Thank you. All righty. Corey Dufresh hunting over there on the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain. All right, let's talk to Darren Digby. We never know where he is. Could be Biloxi Marsh. He could be up uh, Highway 71. Uh, no telling. Now, Darren, where would your travel take you today? Where are you hunting? 
I'm over in the freshwater marsh south of Lake Arthur today. Oh, out in the wow. Klondike area. Hey, you, get, you get around. All right, I'm really interested to find out how is the hunting over there. I hadn't got many reports this year over there. Well, I mean, they're just like a lot of places. It's been, you know, spotty. But uh, today's been a really good hunt. Uh, we've got some fog with a pretty decent wind. And, um, and we're, we're finished. We just wrapped up this hunt with, with 18 birds. Wow. What species? Uh, there's a good handful of mallards. Uh, there's been quite a few green wings. Uh, I think we've got a couple of uh, squealers. So it's been a good variety. And we actually were even had the luxury of uh, holding out to finish with, with a couple of mallards here late in the hunt and uh, passing on quite a few green wings and decoys. Huh. Yeah, well, mallards are kind of so, like endangered species almost now. You know, that's that's good Good that you pulled them in there. You know, I'm kind of yeah, wondering, though, you know, yeah, but you know, over on the the eastern side, there's been a few mallards killed over there, and and I gotta believe it's some of those birds that you see hanging out around like Eden Isles and Venetian Isles, and you know people feed them from time to time, and they come up in people's yard. But yet they fly pretty good. I've seen them flying. A lot of times you might not even be able to tell they're not a wild bird until you look at them and see how big and fat they are. Sure, yeah, but I mean those. Especially on the North Shore, those that really know that marsh know that there's there's mallards to be had every year, uh, and it doesn't matter what the winter's doing. I've seen it on warm winters, seen it on cold ones. Um, there are holes that are difficult to get to, smaller waters that hold mallards every year, and um, you know the, most people that are that are chasing those, you know, in those smaller waters tend to be the more tight-lipped group. So you don't really hear much about it, but um, if you were to focus on them. Um, there, there's some to be had almost every year. Now, where you're hunting over there in Klondike, how did you get to your blind? Are you on a surface drive, or are you using a four-wheeler driving levees, or what type of it's habitat a, um, is it over there? It's a, like a mud boat. I'm uh, first water for the top marsh, and uh, it's just little potholes um, over this over this way. You know, pretty typical, kind of from below, say uh, Cameron area, and over toward Pecan Island, kind of a similar marsh along the coast. This is just not the coastal waterway. Yeah. Well, you certainly have gotten some hunts in, and, you know, you make good use of your time, and some of them have been great, and some of them have been not so great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really been that way. We just, we just keep going, you know. <laughs> and uh, every now and then you run into something. I mean, here it's been spotty. I'm looking at a teal right now, coming about to come letting decoys right now. Um, it's been spotty, you know, back at home hunting in the in the marsh in Delacroix area, just like everybody else. But I'm I'm getting some good reports too. I know a, a buddy had a good a good hunt yesterday in the Bloxy Marsh area uh, with some grays. So um, you know, it, there's some birds to be had. Uh, we had we've had a couple of decent hunts, but no limits or anything really, you know, lately. Um, but you know, if you kind of adjust your expectations and don't go out, you know, having to have a big pile, then you know, you can have a good day. Right. Well, I'm glad y'all got your limit today. That's uh, good news, and uh, it's a good way to close out the year. And I'm sure you'll be back in in 2020 and get catch on the last few days of the season and get as much of it in as you can. I know you're you're uh, you're very passionate waterfowl hunter, no doubt about it. Yeah, we'll be after. In fact, I can't wait for Monday with this front going through. Uh, I'll be over this way today and tomorrow, uh, but I'm jumping at the bit to get down back to Delacro area on uh, behind the front. Monday morning, so um, I'm hoping to see some new birds down there. Okay, keep sending the photos. We'd love to get them. 
Okay, Don, y'all take care. I'll send you some pictures today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Darren Digby over there at uh... – by the Klondike area, hadn't got a whole lot of reports from. Had some foggy conditions and uh, got in the way of some birds, and they shoot well and got themselves a limit. All right, uh, coming up in just a few minutes, it's going to be the uh, inaugural episode, or edition of uh, Flyway Federation's Foulmouth Radio. Josh Goins is going to be joining me. He's been out in the duck blind. We'll get his report, tell you all about the Flyway Federation, talk about some of the problems that Louisiana and other states' hunters have seen and experienced over the years. Uh, It's trending downward as far as waterfowl hunting in Louisiana. Uh, It's time really to to take action. And how that can be done, well, there's a lot of options, things we can do some things about, some things we can't do about. Whatever we can, it's it's worth it for saving a a longstanding tradition in Louisiana of duck hunting. Can't imagine uh, a Louisiana without duck hunting. Wow. It's like a Christmas without Santa, huh? Or a day without sunshine. All that kind of talk. All right, we'll be back right after this uh, quick uh, NBC Sports update. Also, if you haven't heard, uh, the Baddest of the Bad Boy Award, it was a duo, actually. We gave it to Gilvin Oquin, the whooping crane shooter, and the judge, Judge Carol Whitehurst, who gave him a slap on the wrist for doing it. They're our Baddest of the Bad for 2019. We're back with the uh, last final hour right after this on More Outdoors. <laughs> 